At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it's you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock and and i love val patron i know that addison was trying to keep that a secret off mic (laughs) trying to keep it a little funky fresh fun quiet message that the people wouldn't hear but i'm not afraid of it if you were talking or making any noise, I cannot hear you. If I, I wasn't, sort of I was just sit- I was waiting sh- for you to I was waiting for you to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. It's not a long platform. It's just one that I feel strongly about. I mean, I respect it, and I too share this platform. Uh, I like to keep some things close to my vest, but I I respect I respect it. I was going to say that after a hundred and something episodes, you still almost every time catch me decidedly off guard when you start the intro. Yeah, gotta keep gotta keep it funky and fresh, you know. Gotta change things up a little bit. Keep gotta keep me on, on the them toes. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to fall off of my toes. Gotta stay up on them like a podcast ballerina. <laughs> That's me, because this podcast is on point. Hey, <laughs> we got there. The I, I'm, glad you li- I'm glad you like. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it because I don't know if I did. God, it's week whatever of being inside. God, who even I'm obviously knows handling it. Time isn't real. No one knows. Time- <laughs> We've already established that time isn't real on this show. It's part of the canon of the podcast. It is, yeah. So um, as you can tell, I'm handling it very, very well. I'm very well adjusted to it uh, at this point. And honestly, I wanted to throw it back, not in the dancing way. Um, I mean, as a return to an olden time thing, not too olden time. Basically, I wanted to pick a little bit more of a classic type of cryptid this time. I've been kind of flexing with my last few picks. I did some haunted stuff. I did some spooky stuff. Alex, I want to talk to you today about Bat Squatch. Oh, you want to talk to me about Bat Squatch? What do you know about Bat Squatch? Um, I know that he's half bat, half squatch, all man. <laughs> One of those is true. <laughs> Actually, kind of none of those is true. <laughs> you, can't, you can't blame me for trying. You can't win them all, and that's okay. I'll begin with our old favorite, our longtime friend, our constant companion, the Cryptids Wiki. Bat Squatch, I'm reading from them now, is a flying. I assumed, yes. <laughs> Bat Squatch is a flying cryptid that was allegedly sighted near Mount St. Helens in the 1980s. It resembles a flying primate similar to the Ahul, uh-huh. which you previously covered, or the Orangbati of Southeast Asia. Its name is a portmanteau derived from the words bat and Sasquatch, if you could not deduce that for and yourself. you're still going to tell me that I wasn't correct with my assessment? I mean, you might be or you might not be, as is the case with many of these. The answer is murky. At best. (laughs) The creature was said to have yellow eyes, a wolf-like muzzle, blue fur, sharp teeth, bird-like feet, and leathery bat-like wings that span up to... You want to wager a guess to the width of these wings? You want to give me a... Mm, 12 feet. (laughs) Oh, you are like a little baby. 50 feet. (laughs) 50 feet. Wow. (laughs) You are like a little child. That could be anybody, Addison. (laughs) In addition, that description could be any number 
of people or animals. <laughs> that could be, you know, who hasn't seen a blue-furred, yellow-eyed, wolf-like, bat-winged creature with a wingspan of 50 feet? It is said to be nine feet tall and have the ability to affect car engines. It's nine feet tall, but its wingspan is 50 feet? <laughs> Listen, I don't make the rules, I just read them. Hang on, I'm gonna... I have to drop like a mock-up here for myself. because Are you going to draw a scale drawing of this? I'm just going to draw the scale. I'm not going to draw like the figure itself, but I do need this to make sense in my head. So I'm using a regular D6 for um for just like here. Okay. Yeah, let me know how this, let me know how this plays out for you. Okay. Hang on. It's not the most scientific work I've ever done. It is troubling. Uh-huh. Please share your findings with the class. My finding is, so I started off by drawing, I I decided that one side, one edge of this D6 would be nine feet, right? Because so, that is what seemed easiest to me. So I drew just a, a small vertical line for the body, and then I just started expanding the wingspan outward, and I gave it roughly two and two-thirds die on each end, just sort of to approximate something that would come out to about 50 feet um, and again, of course, it's not very scientific. I was just sort of scribbling with a D6 on a large post-it note. But I will say that the proportions looked to me to be about right when I had drawn one on either side. So then I went out to, you know, two and then added another half die on there. And it is a lot. The proportions are sort of displeasing to the eye. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. We're going to be hanging out with this thing for a little bit longer than I'm assuming you would be happy with that. I'm very sorry. I mean, I, it's not, I'm not unhappy. I love a friend. He's just much longer than my brain would like him to be. I understand this. Uh, 50 feet is 10 of me, essentially. Mm -hmm. I don't love that. Again, I don't care how big he is. The, pr the proportions are just wild. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm going to send you over a little scale little scale drawing that I made. In this drawing, he does just look a little bit like a bat. Did you wait? Where are you sending the drawing in the chat? Yeah, I'm just going to Facebook message it to you. This is very exciting for listeners, I assume. Yeah, this is really great material. I'll attach it to the tweet when I tweet the episode out if, I'm, if yeah, I have you your can permission. Post this very scientific drawing. If along I have with your it. permission to post your artwork. You absolutely do. Everything I do on mic is in the name of science and is free information for the people. You know, I'm not trying to keep anything from them, except like my address and my socials and some hours of my day. But never your- but never my very Oh, I love this drawing. <laughs> it looks you. like someone, it looks like someone going hang gliding. <laughs> it does a little bit, right? Except even a hang glider would not be that disproportionate to the body of the hang glider. That's true, it wouldn't, because then you would never land. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But this is sort of what I'm having trouble with. I think you can understand it now. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not that he's big. It's just that the bigness is all in one place. Oh, yes, I see. I mean, to be fair, the body of the creature is also quite big. It's yeah. just that compared to the wings, it is nothing. Yeah, you sort of lose. It's, it's like some horrible magazine tip that's like, oh, are you self-conscious about your broad shoulders? Make them seem narrower by giving yourself a 50-foot wingspan. I thought that in this metaphor, the 50-foot wingspan was the broad shoulders. No, no, shoulders are shoulders. <laughs> Wings are actually finger bones. Uh, oh, no. Wait. I'm Wait. sorry. Did you not know that? I did, but I didn't really think about it in that way. And the... God, Alex, I was okay until you said that. 
50 foot finger bones. Oh my god, no. That's my new folk metal band. 50 foot fingers. Alex, 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 why did you have to say that to me? <laughs> I thought why you were ready. You to, I thought you could handle it. Why did truth. you have to why did you have to tell me that? And now I just have to keep going and do another 50 minutes of this? Like that didn't just happen? Yeah. Basically, that's showbiz, baby. Like I'm not just imagining this thing curling its 50-foot fingies. He's waving hi. <laughs> He's waving goodbye to your sanity. Okay. He's self-conscious. Be nice. <laughs> I have to be nice. He's nine feet tall and has a 50-foot wingspan. Yeah, that's fair. I have no choice but to be nice. So I'm going to hop over to mysteriousuniverse.org. We have a 2018 piece called Bizarre Encounters with the Bat Squatch, written by Brent Swanser. Now, um, this compiles some of the more notable sightings. These are also listed in the cryptids page, but Mm -hmm. these go into a little bit more detail. So I wanted to use this one as version that we go for here. So Mount St. Helens, by the way, for folks who do not know, it is uh, within Washington State. It is a volcano. And in March of 1980, there was an eruption of Mount St. Helens. And there are people who theorize that the eruption somehow either caught, like, created or, like, awakened Bat Squatch. Awakened? I can vibe with. Created? I would like more information on. You shall not receive it. I guess not created, but rather, like, maybe released something that led to it. There's not a lot of specifics. People just kind of go volcano. Okay. And then monster. There might, I might be wrong, there might be someone out there who's gone into depth about how they think the volcano created Batsquatch, but as far as I can tell, that is not anything I can find. Fair, this was a massive fair. natural disaster. It was, uh, it caused a lot of devastation to the surrounding area, and it also potentially released a mighty beast onto the state of Washington. So, scattered rumors began to come in after, in, in the wake of that eruption of people having seen a humanoid creature with an ape-like body, glowing eyes, and bat-like wings lurking in the remote areas of the devastation. I do think this is very interesting because I'll only say it very, very briefly because I don't want to chomp any of your flavor, Alex. I would never. That it being tied to a massive disaster is very interesting to me because Mothman was also, of course, tied to famously to a massive disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I would feel remiss if I didn't say something about that. So now, whatever it was, it was most often described as being rather sinister in nature, emanating an intense feeling of dread. There were even claims that it killed livestock. Now, the sightings trickled in in the 80s. They weren't taken very seriously. And then, like, the big sighting, like the one that all the websites quote, is the one that Mm -hmm. happened in 1994. If it's to be believed that it came out in the 80s, it took it about a decade to really get on the scene. So... (laughs) And I'm sorry, ape- I just like the phrasing, if it came out in the 80s. <laughs> you know, if Batsquatch was released today, how different it would be? It'd be pretty different. He'd have a, I don't know, I was going to make some kind of social media joke, but then I was like, I'm a hack. I don't want to do that. And then I stopped in the middle, and then I told you about it anyway, so it defeated the purpose. And my hackery remains the same. I appreciate your honesty in this space. Thank you. My filter has been forcibly removed by just the circumstances of everything. So... <laughs> In April of 1994, a young man named Brian Canfield was driving along a remote stretch of road through the wilderness on his way to the isolated Camp 1, located in the Mount Rainier foothills near Lake Kapowson, when his vehicle abruptly and unexpectedly stopped in its tracks. I mentioned before that this thing supposedly can affect uh, car engines, can make your car stall. 
So the pickup truck was apparently in perfect working condition and he hadn't stepped on the brakes. So he was very confused about this. He tried to restart the truck over and over again. And now he was stuck in a, on a secluded road in the middle of nowhere with only the beams of his headlights holding back the encroaching dark. He didn't have much time to really think about it, as, soon, as he soon saw something come gliding into the light from the headlights, which he at first took to be a large bird. How? How can you think that's a large bird? <laughs> a very well, large bird. Large is apt. I mean, yes. Proved to be anything but. As it loomed into view, Canfield could see that it was an absolutely massive winged humanoid ape-like creature estimated as being around nine feet tall. And as it drew closer, he could discern bluish-tinged fur, a muzzled bat-like face with sharp teeth and glowing eyes, and taloned feet that looked like some bird of prey. The bizarre beast made its way to the small nearby field just off the road to settle to the earth in a way that the witness noted seemed like an aircraft coming in for a landing. Fun! And he would say of what happened next. So this is from the, the eyewitness. It was standing there staring at me like it was resting, like it didn't know what to think. I was scared. It raised the hair on me. I didn't feel threatened. I just felt out of place. It's looking right at me in like a deep stare, like right through me. It's standing perfectly still. It stood for how long? A few minutes, several minutes. Then its fingers twitched and the wings began to unfold. Those wings were as wide as the road. So I think probably not quite 50 feet. That seems like an exaggeration. I would think not. It turned its head and looked back at me and started flapping its wings. A few minutes later, the truck just started. I took off as fast as I could. I like the idea that it flapping its wings was what restarted the truck. <laughs> it was like, oops, sorry, let me fix that for you, bud. That sighting was widely reported, and that was what caused the creature to be coined that squatch, that, okay, that particular account. So this is the most well-documented and widely covered sighting. It isn't even the only one from that year. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. A local liquor store owner, mountaineer, and amateur pilot named Butch Whitaker claimed he had been flying his plane over Mount Rainier during midday when an enormous winged humanoid creature flew up next to him and kept pace for a few minutes before flying out of sight and wanted to race. Yeah. Hey, buddy, how fast can that thing go? You want to open that up? <laughs> vroom, vroom. It doesn't make the noise. It just says it. Like the bat squatch pulls up as long as tied your plane and goes vroom, vroom. Oh, I love that. And then you, then you race and then it leaves. He leaves, they leave. I don't know what the pronoun is for the bat squatch. But there have been other reports of the bat squatch as well, such as a report from 1998 in which a witness claims to have seen a logging truck hit the creature along an isolated mountain road. So uh, here is the little statement from that particular eyewitness. This one's a little bit longer here. The creature stood about 15 feet high when it was sitting, hunched over in front of me. I later discovered this creature would measure an easy 30 feet from head to bottom once it was airborne. Oof. I say bottom because it didn't really have a tail. The head of the animal was unusually small compared to its massive body. While other characteristics of the head also had many features of the Rayton family, Ratton family, being of noteworthy comments, the long pointed ears which protruded from the top of the creature's head. There's the bat comparison again. The nose was rather small. The most pronounced feature of the nose being its unusual color of purple. I believe this is the only creature in the world that has a purple nose. That's pretty cute. It's pretty cute, but it's also in this account 30 feet tall this yeah. is a really wild account you're gonna laugh when you hear this 
It says the wingspan of the creature looked very small, as if it couldn't fly with such a small wing surface. However, I later learned once the creature was airborne, the wings extended out to form a wingspan of a good 40 feet. Are they retractable? Like, what is happening here? That's what it sounds like. And that also weirdly measures up with that first account, because it might have just been that when the wings were as wide as the road, that was like the first iteration before it reached its full power. That's a lot. Not even its final form. So perhaps I should clarify. Oh, sorry, I skipped a thing because you need to, I need to make sure that you hear this, every word of this, every syllable. The most disturbing feature of the large beast was its hands. Oh, the most disturbing? Okay. (laughs) It appeared to have four sets of them. Nice. Perhaps... Perhaps I should clarify that to mean two sets of claws slash hands on the wings about midway and another set on the torso, almost as if they were human. Okay, see, this makes sense to me. The creature was very frightening to look at and could almost be a cross between a large bat and an excessively large furry human. (laughs) I believe the most accurate description would be that given by some of the local townsfolk whom later had the misfortune of encountering the beast and naming it. Bat Squatch. I like this guy. Me too. I think he's fun. There's some very fun renderings of Bat Squatch, like artistic renderings, some of which are like really kind of scary and some of which make him look like a character from the TV show Gargoyles. Yeah. I used to be really into Gargoyles, but if you asked me anything about any single one of the characters characters or any major plotline, I would not be able to tell you a darn thing. I remember nothing about the show. That's the thing. I remember it being on. I remember like if you say Gargoyles to me, my, my brain releases like a tiny amount of endorphins enough to be like, aw, Gargoyles. But like, I can't, I cannot tell you a single gosh darn thing Oh, I'm about so glad it. it's not just me. <laughs> Because, no, yeah, I was trying to think about it after I made the reference and make, like, an additional reference. I remember not one single thing about gargoyles, aside from the fact that they were, in fact, gargoyles. I know zero things about gargoyles. That's all I got. In fact, I think, like, even if I were to look up information about it, I would be like, none of this is ringing a bell. No, I don't know. It is nowhere in my brain. I I held on to none of that. (laughs) Now, I'd like to pull up another page right now because Batsquatch, if this is the same creature, has roamed outside of just its Washington area domain. Uh, I'd like to hop over to phelpscountyfocus.com. This is an article from October 31st, 2018, and it's Batsquatch is Missouri's latest monster mystery. Oh, Missouri. Batsquatch made his way over to the Ozarks. This Halloween, those in the Ozarks may want to keep an eye out for a -a one-of-a-kind local cryptid who may call local caves home. From the darkness, the insider has learned some weary travelers are returning to their homes with signs of sightings of a giant bat-like creature. I've heard some people refer to it as Bat-Squatch, says Dr. Emmett Reary of Salem. Now, Dr. Reary, by the way, is an investigator with the Missouri chapter of MUFON, or the Mutual UFO Network, so that's for context of this particular source. Take a, take okay, that however you will, uh, whatever your, affili- your attitudes about that particular organization and its various chapters are. So Dr. Reary recounts back in June of 2015, one Columbia family came face to face with the Bat Squatch during a weekend getaway to Shannon County. Driving down the gravel road to the Blue Spring Trailhead, the family's mother suddenly shouted for her husband to stop the car. They've given her the, the pseudonym of uh, Sarah for this story. So if I say Sarah, that's what I mean. What Sarah saw in the wilderness was something she struggled to comprehend. So this is what she apparently told. This is Dr. Reary's account of what this woman Sarah told him. 
I interviewed her twice, and my colleague Gary Hart interviewed her as well. Then he and I got together and compared notes. So this is what she described. A winged entity seven to eight feet tall with leathery wings from its shoulders to the ground, black in color with pointed ears on a triangular head. Its yellow eyes stared at her, making her feel very uncomfortable. I mean, fair. Indeed. Uncomfortable is a valid way to feel in those circumstances. That's the only sighting that they list specifically in this article. They say Sarah's account is not unique and then don't describe any other specific accounts. So that's fine. That is a fixture of this kind of reporting and that is okay. Now, this makes me a little angry if they're going to try to pretend that this is theirs. It says, while the name Batsquatch is a recent coining, some researchers have made note of the similarity between Batsquatch and other flying cryptids like the Ahul of Asia or the Jersey Devil of the East Coast. Do they mean recent as in the 90s or do they mean really recent because you guys in Missouri didn't come up with Batsquatch? <laughs> That's not yours. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not sure what recent is supposed to mean there. This is like when Chicago was like, we have a Mothman. No, you do not. You did not come up with Batsquatch. Anyway, uh, this ends with this article ends with the line. One thing that seems clear is even in the hyper-connected 21st century, the Ozarks just may still has a few secrets to keep. They just may still has them. <laughs> this article needed a second pass from an editor, but that's okay. <laughs> I didn't notice that, er that error until I was reading it out loud, and that's why it caught me off guard. Um, they just may has it. Just may still has a few secrets to keep. Now, there was a rash of false reports uh, in 1994 of the Bat Squatch. Mm -hmm. If you go to the website pararational.com slash Bat uh, they have a section about um, a report in 1994. They refer to it as the first of several false Bat Squatch reports. And this was an encounter two men had that was supposed to have been printed in a newspaper. And uh, this account has been denounced as fake by the people at whalesinspace.com. I don't Well, they would know. <laughs> they would know. But this is the account. I'll still read it as if it were true. It has been denounced. I needed to reference that. So, Yelmidians take cover under shadow of suspicious creature, Mountain News. Fear continues to dominate the men, women, and children of this town as a dark shadow looms overhead. Suspicions persevere and rumors spread as far too many sightings of a winged bat-like creature go unexplained. It started as childish rumors after the May 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens and has spread to community horror as the truth Batsquatch over Mount Rainier continues to emerge. While preparing for a climb in early 1994, this is the Butch Whitaker account, by the way. Oh, okay. Local mountaineer and liquor store owner Butch Whitaker managed to take several pictures of the beast during a rare midday flight. Butch Whitaker, expert in paranormal activity and unexplained phenomena, we didn't get that from the previous source, <laughs> considers himself lucky to experience this encounter, but adds, I'm not surprised. These things happen to me all the time. Nice. Although government officials deny the existence of any photographic evidence, our staff experts closely scrutinized all photos and found no reason to hold this position. To date, four goats, five chickens, two cows, and our prized pig are unaccounted for. No humans are reported missing, but this is no measure of the never-ending toll placed on this community's pride and mental well-being. All Pioneer Day festivities were canceled last week, and with the recent loss of Priscilla Pig, scheduled dancing this Saturday presumably will fall prey to this monstrous being as well. Neither Police Chief Durham nor our mayor will estimate potential long-term effects of continued attacks, but both were obviously saddened by the loss of Priscilla. R.I.P. Priscilla Pig, R.I.P. to a legend. It sounds like they're really taking this very hard. Oh no. No, that's quite R.I.P. Priscilla Pig. 
it is very unfair that a pillar of the community would be struck down by this by this creature. I mean, that's true. It clearly was targeted. Like this was an intelligent attack. They knew exactly where to strike, and they struck without remorse. Powerful women cannot catch a break. It's true. There are a couple different sightings on Pararational that they specifically uh, list as being fake. And then they have a couple that they're like, these might be real. And some one of those I'm saving, so I won't read that one right now. But that was that was the one I wanted to mainly hit. There are a couple uh, theories on Pararational. Okay. And this makes me laugh a little bit just because I... I'll just read it to you. I just enjoy when people are ready to debunk some, like, an account and be like, this is clearly fake. And then they'll come up with, like, kind of really wild theories. So, Oh, yeah, I do love that. The writer of this piece says, there are two options as I see them for where Batsquatch might have come from. So here's some more rational explanations, okay? Hit me. The first is that Batsquatch is an extra dimensional creature that dropped through a rift and got stuck here. If the first sighting really was in close proximity to the Mount St. Helens eruption, it seems probable that the force of the blast may have ruptured time and space, allowing for something to get sucked through. They're right. That does seem plausible. Mm -hmm. In that case, it may have flown around for a while and died in some remote location or else found a way home. The other option is that Batsquatch is actually an alien. Consider that Brian Canfield's truck died without reason and restarted after Batsquatch left, just as happens with many UFO encounters. It does not seem completely improbable that a UFO dropped off a Batsquatch to do retcon in the area. Less likely is that Batsquatch is a full-on demon or monster of some sort. Yeah, that would be much less likely, wouldn't it? If that were the case, I would have expected Canfield's testimony to include an unnatural level of fear or dread as is experienced by people encountering black-eyed kids. Now, this one's interesting because some of the accounts do include people describing an inexplicable feeling of dread. So, pick and choose, I guess. I'm sorry, I'm being very weirdly confrontational to the writer of this blog that I found. It's okay, sometimes people on the internet are just wrong. Yeah, I wanted to see if there was anything fun in the comment section really quick. There's not really, there's just... That way lies madness. Yeah. And then one very nice sounding woman named Kimberly who lives in Washington asking where she and her husband can report accounts of bat squatch too because they're a little frightened. Oh. I hope that they found a resource. I hope so, too. I found a Prezi presentation. Okay. I'm not going to do the full Prezi presentation. There's just a transcript of the text included in said presentation. I do love a good Prezi. I do, too. But this Prezi includes, like, kind of a, not pros and cons list, but like a, yeah, like a, like a for and against kind of list of facts proving mm -hmm. it doesn't exist and facts proving it does exist. Okay. Um, about the Bat Squatch. This is a Prezi. I want to give credit. This is Bat Squatch. Is it real? By Lauren Krasowski, updated on May 25th, 2015. So the first page is like just general stuff I've already gone over. What does it look like? What were the sightings? All that good stuff. Facts proving it doesn't exist. We'll hit that one first. Skeptic side first. Okay, yeah, I like that. The first fact proving it doesn't exist. Many people just think witnesses are making it up and that they easily mistook a flying fox or a large bird. We've talked about the uh, we've talked about the flying fox uh, before, I think, on this podcast. It's the largest species of bat. They're very and cute, but they're, goody. but they're frighteningly big to me. I find them un unsettling in their bigness, but they are very cute. They have faces like little puppies. Sky puppies. Mm-hmm. Then the second fact is a man named Brian Whitaker. This is Brian Whitaker again, um, witnessed in the 1980s sightings. I think I've talked about Brian Whitaker already. If I haven't, I am mistaken. Yeah, I have. Claims that he took some photos, however, did not post them anywhere. Cryptozoologists aren't exactly saying the man is lying, but they think he mistook it for another animal. 
Some cryptozoologists, the third one, say it may not be a flying primate at all, but a large species of American fruit bat. Honestly, I'm very up for that possibility because fruit bats are very cute. And if it's a big one that I can hold on my lap like a dog or perhaps an even bigger one that I can ride on its shoulders like it's a mighty steed. That's true. Those are both very good possibilities that bring me a lot of hopeful, hopeful energy. Mm -hmm. And if it's a fruit bat, there's also the very, very good news that it only eats fruit (laughs) and does not eat perhaps any sort of meat. Well, yeah. Just had to facts proving it exists. I have to say, it never, and and this is a failure on my own sense of self-preservation, which, you know, debatable, but uh, it literally never once occurred to me that this thing might be dangerous, which of course it is, but my brain just just didn't entertain that possibility. I just told you. like a 50-foot friend. I just told you about how it probably killed Priscilla Pig. Yeah, I'm not a pig. (laughs) That's what you think. No, what? We're, we're all pigs, Alex. I don't have the energy to go down whatever that was. We're all sheep. That's okay. I don't think I could have followed. My point is, if it would if it would go for livestock, what makes you think it wouldn't elevate to people? I just assumed that maybe Batsquatch was taking a strong anti-cop stance. <laughs> okay, well, then explain the cows. I can't. You can't? That's what I thought. I guess they, they were too close. <laughs> Check and mate. So facts proving that it exists. One, the bat squatch resembles a lot of different cryptids. If the other cryptids exist, it could lead to the bat squatch being real too. I like that one very much. Two, the bat squatch is unlike any bird because no bird is nine feet tall. So there's no way that they could have seen a bird and then interpreted it Check as something and else. mate. That's what's up. Three, many people think that the bat squatch is a fraud. The more ape-like aspects of this creature are making cryptozoologists believe that the bat squatch may in fact be, you ready? You ready? A split in the evolutionary tract from which both humans and other hominids evolved. Right on. That means it is a people. A type of flying people. A type of flying people. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people. Full stop. (laughs) Nice. Purple nose. Too. Sorry, yeah, I just no, very. I, I just really cracked myself up. Anyway, someone's gonna get very mad at how funny I found that. Anyway, people do not like when I find myself funny, <laughs> but that's okay because I do. It's not for them. It's not for them. Uh, I had another sighting. This one is a much more recent sighting. This one's from two thousand and nine. And this is on unexplainedmysteries.com. The columnist involved here is Paul Dale Roberts. So now here we go. Um, This is a report of a call that uh, Paul Dale Roberts received from somebody. Uh, Paul is with Haunted and Paranormal Investigations International. That's the organization he is uh, representative of. Here's the caller's report. Me and my friend were hiking around Mount Shasta And out of one of the crevices flew this big creature. I mean, this thing was huge. It was as tall as a man, as stocky as Hulk Hogan, and had leathery wings. I believe the wingspan was at least 50 feet from one end to the other. I was holding up my camera, but was paralyzed with fear as this thing flew by. I didn't get a picture, sorry. What do you think it might be? Could it have been a pterodactyl? It was flying or gliding fast. It seemed to have the head of a bat. Thinking about it... It doesn't have the head of a pterodactyl. I just saw a picture of a pterodactyl and the heads are not similar. I would think it had the head of a bat or maybe more like a fox. The damn thing finally flew into a clump of trees and vanished. 
I heard you guys might be going back to Mount Shasta. If you do, please look out for this thing. If you see it, you will beep all over yourself. I kid you not. I didn't beep that. It is censored on the website with some X's. Nice. I think the thing that really makes me laugh about that particular call is that it makes it sound like he's giving this account as he's literally looking up what pterodactyls look like. Like he's Googling what is a pterodactyl. I know, right? I love that energy. <laughs> I love that. He's got the phone in the crook of his neck. Might be a pterodactyl. No, wait, scratch that. He's got the phone in the crook of his neck, describing it as he types, what is a pterodactyl? What do pterodactyl look like? Um, But I appreciate the commitment to fact checking and then being like, "Mm, on second thought, more like a bat. It takes a certain strength to admit when you're Mm -hmm. wrong. Then the reporter here goes on to say that the closest thing to what this caller was describing is the bat squatch. And... Essentially then goes on to talk about um, Count St. Germain. So that's like a whole other thing. But I wanted to report the call with the supposed sighting of the bat squatch in 2009 at Mount Shasta. So either this is a species of creatures or it is just one and it gets around to all different parts of the country and heads all around. I do want to set the scene a little bit that the guy who took the phone call, I didn't read this part. It says that uh, he was doing some yard work with Let It Rock by Kevin Rudolph with little with Lil Wayne playing in the background. Well, all of a sudden, my phone rang. Well, that's very good. And then he got this phone call about, are you the paranormal investigator? And he says, yes, I am. I'm with HPI. How can I help you? And then he gave the story. And I just, I forgot to give that little bit of scene setting. And that was a crime. That was a mistake. I enjoy that very much. Thank you for rectifying your mistake. Oh, yeah, of course. Now, here we have a pretty recent account from the cryptidworldreport.com. This is from 2019. This is October 11th of 2019. And this is in Eastern Oregon. Five purebred bulls were found mutilated on a ranch. They were found sucked dry of blood. Ooh. Wow. So there wasn't a drop of spilled blood to be found. The shriveled bodies looked like giant stuffed animals without the stuffing. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put some content warnings. That's a lot. Um, the carcasses smelled, but there were no signs of scavengers, no coyotes, no vultures. It says some people believe this was like a ritualistic thing. That's always a theory that crops up when these sort of livestock deaths happen. But it says um, others believe extraterrestrials beamed the bulls up to their ships and then dropped the carcasses from the sky when they were finished with experiments. Now, here's what the cryptid world report thinks. CWR believes the culprit to be an aerial cryptid, namely the Batsquatch. First sighted flying around Mount St. Helens in the 90s. We already talked about this, though, in the general description. So, so why the bat squatch? Obviously, bat squatch fulfills the aerial requirement. But the blood, you ask? The blood. The blood. Now, here's the thing I was mentioning, Alex. You were like, oh, I never thought about the idea that this might be dangerous in any way. <laughs> bat squatch, being bat-like creatures, likely feed on blood like vampire bats. Your average vampire bat weighs two ounces and consumes half its weight in blood per feeding, so one ounce per session. The average total blood volume weight for mammals is 7.5% of total body weight. For an average yearling bull weighing 1,300 pounds, that works out to 975 Five pounds of blood. Your average bat squatch. Yeah, that is a lot of blood. Your average bat squatch typically weighs 350 pounds, meaning they can consume up to 175 pounds of blood in one feeding. Almost two bulls worth of blood. Just three bat squatch could have easily sucked five bulls dry of blood, or even one over the course of a week or two. That squatch would also explain why no scavengers have touched the carcasses. Their smell simply scares off other animals. Why do we not see deflated cattle everywhere, then? 
We believe bat squats generally dispose of the carcasses by dumping them in rivers or canyons to erase any evidence of their feeding. So they're like aware of it. Like that's an interesting level of intelligence that's being assigned to the bat squatch here. Well, if it and I'm is very into that a little bit, if it is a little bit more on the humanoid side, I'm willing to give them that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like I think that's that's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. We strongly suggest ranches invest in ultrasonic bat repellent devices to deter bat squatches <laughs> from feeding on livestock and perhaps the occasional cowboy or cowgirl, too, now that we know what's out there. And that is the closest thing this episode has to a survival tip, because most accounts do not assume that the bat squatch means human beings any malice. But if you want to use that one as a reference, then you would probably then want to say it, it, you, you might want some bat deflecting sonar. Yeah, just invest in some ultrasonic bat repellent. Yeah, just invest in some ultrasonic. But very big. Oh, but like maybe buy like a hundred of them <laughs> and put them all together. <laughs> Tape them together into one. <laughs> and that's how device. technology works. Mm-hmm. I know that when I don't have a spotlight, I just tape about 80 flashlights together and turn them all on. Okay, but that is literally exactly how community theater works. Listen, I said it and then I immediately knew it was the wrong example. <laughs> I don't know. I want to talk about a... This is another vampiric one. It's the only other one that mentions a blood-sucking one. I would personally like to believe that they are giant fruit bat creatures and they eat lots of fruit. Mm-hmm. Because... I am not fruit. Right, yeah, no, that's one of my favorite things about you, actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that I'm made of meat and bones and stuff and not of uh, fruit and juice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So here we go on phantomsandmonsters.com from also 2019. That was the year of vampire bat people, I guess. That was uh, their time, their season. <laughs> Vampire bat, okay, sorry, I can't talk. Bat-like flying humanoid confronted in southern Illinois. We're in another part of the country now. So this is a submission. Here we go from someone who goes by LS. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna read it. I just read your article through a post on Facebook, and I'd like to report that my husband and I witnessed what we have called a human vampire bat thing for years. We live in Edwardsville, Illinois, and we're driving home from an event in St. Louis late one night. Unfortunately, I don't know the date, but I believe it was a work Christmas party, so that time of year. It was sometime after 1988, so the account was submitted in 2019. It didn't happen in 2019. Anyway, when we built our current house, and before 1996, before our son was born, we think. But for sure after 1988. But it's possible our son was at a sitter. Lots of <laughs> details here. We were on... <laughs> but maybe this, but maybe not. Listen, LS is working some stuff out. Okay. We were on Highway 270 between Illinois Route 157 and Illinois Route 159 in Glen Carbon, Illinois. A human-sized thing flying west swooped down like it was going to crash into our windshield and then over the top of our car. It was all black with huge wings and or a cape, and it did have a face similar to a human, and it seemed to look at us. It happened quickly. Neither of us could believe our eyes and didn't see where it went from there. We slowed down and looked in our rearview mirrors, but never saw it again. Of course, no one believed us. Then a few years ago, maybe three to four, I saw an article about human-sized bats in the Philippines that really did look like what we saw. So much we don't know about this big, crazy world in which we live. L.S. So this one's obviously not necessarily Batswatch, but it was close enough and it came up in my search that I felt like I should include it. It feels relevant. Feels good. Feels right. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. The last little thing I have here is a bit from Reddit. I don't know why I said Reddit like that. Reddit. 
And this is another one where the person doesn't say it's a bat squatch per se, but several people in the comments suggest it as a possibility. Mm -hmm. This is in the Cryptozoology subreddit, uh, and this is from a user who posted it one year ago. So here we go. Um, by the way, this is in Southern California, so this one's in my neck of the woods. Oh, nice. You should go look for it. Um, I'm not allowed to go outside right now, actually, so that's the only reason. Oops, too bad. That's the only reason I can't go look <laughs> for it. The one and only reason. Oh, no. So, hey, guys, long story short, my boyfriend actually saw this humanoid creature, and not I, but he did tell me what he saw. My boyfriend and I do this thing where he picks me up from work and we stay at his house, etc. We stay about a 20 to 40 minute drive from each other. I work in a city between the city he stays in and I stay in. This incident happened on the freeway on the way to my house. We were on the way to my house when my boyfriend happened to literally scream, WTF is that? Did you see that? I would say this is around 11.45 p.m.-ish. During this ride, we both were sober and we hadn't been having any sort of conversation. So when bursted out, that question really got to me. Of course I didn't see it. I was not paying attention to what was on the side of me. My boyfriend is the type of guy that doesn't really believe in any sort of mythical, hybrid, unknown creature. I, on the other hand, am obsessed with reading encounters and sightings, still believing there's actually proof of mermaid existence. So with that being said, I believe my boyfriend 100%. I thought he was messing with me since he knows I'm into all that stuff, but I know my boyfriend and he wasn't playing. What he described to me was pretty much a humanoid creature. He said it didn't look human. It was crouched down with its knees in front and looked like it had wings, wings like a bat. He said he didn't see the face, but he seemed pretty scared by the incident. He didn't want to talk about it after that. From what he saw, I've never read or researched anything like he's described to me. If anyone has any info, please let me know. I'd love to know more. And that was what prompted several people in the comments to be like, do you know about Bat Squatch? And that's... That was one of them. A couple people were like Mothman, a couple people were like a gargoyle, and then a couple people were like mm, a bat squatch. And those people were right and correct. And then one person who doubt who has been downvoted a lot, thank goodness, because what are you doing here? He says, either your boyfriend saw an animal that statistically probably doesn't exist, or he was just looking for a reason to talk to you. I'm gonna go with the latter. Rude. The commenter responded and said, I can definitely say the excuse to talk thing is completely false. LOL. My boyfriend and I tend to just chill and listen to music on the way home. The only time he actually bursts out in the middle of a song is when something bigger important happens. I mean, fair. I believe it. I believe him. Anyway, I'm all done. That's not the way you end this. I'm all out of things about the bat squatch is what I was going to say. A lot of bat squatch things. I didn't mean that wasn't just me being like, I don't like I'm done with the podcast episode. I don't feel like it anymore. Uh, I can never calculate the right amount of sources because sometimes I'll have an excess of them. And you're like, Addison, it's time to end the episode. Or sometimes mm -hmm. I will run out and be like, I could have gone for a little bit longer, but like I'm all out. Oops. Oops. All. Oops. No berries. It's all out. <laughs> podcast machine broken. Yeah. Right. But all out of juice. No, I have a little bit more juice in my cup, but I don't need more bat squatch juice. Ooh, bat squatch juice. I, I didn't like that. that. That was a mistake. I said it and then I immediately re regretted it. You have to understand. Do you have any thoughts about the bat squatch, knowing all the things you know? I hope that he is taking adequate social distancing precautions during this time because it sounds like he travels quite a bit. Mm -hmm, right. And I would just, I would hate to think that he would, you know, put his desire to maintain a glorious travel insta over his regard for other people. Listen, I understand that sometimes he has to go outside for groceries, aka to drain the lifeblood out of cows. But right, out of several cows. Out of several cows before dropping their, <laughs> dropping their hollowed out corpses to the ground. Their but husks, yes. Their husks. <laughs> Do you guys eat your cows with or without the peel? Oh my god. I don't like okay. that. 
I'm a vegetarian. I didn't. I should. I don't know where that came from. That was horrible. But uh, but otherwise, I hope. I agree. I hope so too. I would like to believe that the bat squatch is on the peaceful side. It does not mean to cause car engines to fail and eats mainly fruits and is perhaps some kind of fruit bat squatch. But you know, you never know. So uh, maybe do invest in some of that. Whatever the bat radar was, I missed the... I He's didn't... just a cool, funky bat born in a volcano in the 80s and here to um, continue his great all-American road trip. <laughs> and uh, I, for one, support it. A very important detail they left out of every Bat Squatch account is that nobody mentioned his super rad mullet, and I think that's pretty unfair. Yeah, and that's really pretty rock and roll of him. Um, I will say that there is far... There is not much more aggressively 80s than a massive, like, bat creature like erupting out of the core of a volcano yeah exactly probably while playing a guitar solo yeah with the arms on his torso and the hands oh my God. wings are for flying yes right because he has so many hands that's why he has two sets <laughs> one's for playing stick guitar solos yeah one is for flying one is for shredding <laughs> but we mean shredding musically not like shredding meat and flesh mm-hmm. although maybe also for that but mainly the first one so yeah, no, I think honestly, I've turned a little bit around on the Batsquatch. I was a little frightened of it at first, but knowing what a cool rock and roll friend it might be, I, I think I, I can turn around a little bit as long as um, if the Batsquatch respects my space, I'll respect the Batsquatch's space and maybe never the twain shall meet. Yeah, there you go. You know, if you're driving along a dark road late at night and your car begins to stall, how about you crank up those tunes? Uh, let the Batsquatch rock out with you alongside and uh, you should be on your merry way pretty soon. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope you're all staying safe and staying well and taking care. I keep I keep saying it every week, and I don't know. At a certain point, I'm going to feel very redundant. But, you know, we all have to look out for each other right now and check in with the people you love, not just for their sake and also for yours. Like, we need each other and we need our communities and our loved ones right now. That's what keeps us. That's what keeps us together in hard times, and that's uh, how we keep each other safe and keep each other strong. I want to do better about checking on the people in my life, and that's something I plan to do in the coming week. And uh, if you have the spoons and have people that you want to thought you are close to, you, you haven't maybe been in touch with during this, I think it'll make you feel a lot better if you reach out. And that's just that's my two cents. I plopped them right in there. Plopped them right in your hat. You didn't even ask. Put that hat back on. And uh, don't go out into the world right now, but hang out. <laughs> Sanitize your hat if you are using it to collect money. Money is, yeah. uh, you know, one of the dirtiest substances. And not just in a metaphorical way. Like, money is very filthy. So many people oh, no, touch money it. is, like, the root of all of this. So it is absolutely. Yeah. But also, like, in a bacteria way, lots of people touch money. It is covered in germs. So, right, you know. Yeah. It's maybe the perfect metaphor in that regard. <laughs> uh, God, you're so smart. Oh, thanks. I always say, you know, the most effective device is one that functions on both a poetic and a literal level. So hell yeah. Um, In this case, it's hat money. Exactly. You know, hat money. (laughs) On that note, I want to give a big thank you to um, the ending pending podcast for oh my god yes for a hot second uh, during the galactic warp that was a whole bunch of fun and I really hope that you all enjoyed that that was so fun. So I'm really really glad that they had the chance to come on. Uh, They are. Not only friends of the show in the sense that we are 
spiritual siblings on this great galactic network we call Lunar Light, but also they are literal actual friends of the show and we love them very, yeah, very they much. Are, they are actual friends. <laughs> Deeply delightful actual human friends that have been in my home where I live and um, mm-hmm. uh, just really, really wonderful. If you didn't listen to that episode, I implore you not to skip it. Uh, we do very much consider it to be a part of the Crypt of Keeper canon and I hope that you will treat it that way with all the love and adoration that it deserves. And then uh, take a second to go check out their show. If you missed us Mm -hmm. last week and you somehow didn't catch where we ended up in the uh, big switcheroo, you can find us on a temporary hosting situation over at Netflix and Kill. We uh, jumped on the Netflix and Kill podcast to talk about our new favorite movie, Tremors. And Tremors is so good. It was such a blast. Uh, We had a lot of fun recording that episode and I'm... Really, really grateful to uh, the hosts over there for letting us take it over and then return it to their very capable hands. So go check out Kai and Marty on Netflix and kill um, occasionally hand too. I don't know what their setup is at the moment, but you will absolutely not be disappointed. Um, Also, if you are interested in uh, that sort of thing and exploring all the other wonderful shows that Lunar Light has to offer, you should consider joining the Lunar Light fan discord. I I mention this because I know that Netflix and Kill has been hosting watch parties almost every night of some fun new horror movie. So um, it's a really great source of community. It's a really great time to surround yourself with new acquaintances and old and um, maybe just find some nice social spheres. I think everybody could use a little bit of community support right now. Absolutely. I think it's beautifully said. That's my spiel and I'm sticking to it. Heck yeah. So um, I think that's going to do it for us. So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there and stay safe inside. Pretty, witty, and gay.